Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Welcome. Welcome. To Warriors Wrap-Up. And Bob Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he finds it for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Covey. Curry behind the back, screen roll to JTA. He'll blast to the rim, double clutch, up and good, and got fouled. Boy, did I love the way he protected the ball, drew the defender to him, got the contact on the body, and then brought the ball back up because he was going against a much smaller man. He, he just did that perfectly. Yeah, a little. Yeah, I do got a little echo here. Uh, hit me. Actually, I think we're good here. Yeah. All right. I'm switching over to three. Give me an ID. Go. All right. Seamless out of the gate, baby. Let's go. What's up? It is uh, Dubs Post Game Live. Ryan Copay with you. Uh, John Dickinson off tonight. Um, always just ironing everything out here on 95.7 The Game, but we charge ahead. Just like the Dubs charge ahead tonight. Hey, can we put one in the air for their first four-game winning streak of the season? Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Long time coming. A lot of guys stepped up tonight. And, and let's face it, last couple of nights and really for the last couple of weeks and, well, for the last uh, 10 years, Steph Curry has carried this franchise on his shoulders. Uh, had a tough one tonight shooting the rock. Got it going late. Shout out to uh, Isaac Okoro, the uh, the number five overall pick for the Cavs. Uh, I thought he did a terrific job staying in Steph tonight and not buying on those ball fakes and just staying with him, staying in front of him. So uh, Steph ended up having a bit of a rough night shooting the rock. You, you look up, he still ends up with uh, with 33 points. So, you know, that's a, that's a tough night for Steph, by the way, at this point. It's just incredible what he's been able to do. But regardless, uh, some other guys really came to the forefront tonight. Obviously, Juan to Scano Anderson uh, at the top of that list. A career-high 20 points for JTA. 8-9 shooting from the floor. 3-4 from downtown. He also had seven boards, three dimes, a block, a steal. He was a plus 22. I think he's uh, leading the post-game Zoom session. He's, like, coordinating it right now. He's going to drive the team bus over to the hotel. He's got the spread all laid out back at the spot for the whole team. He's going to tell some jokes later on. Uh, and then he's going to lead him in a prayer because Juan Toscano Anderson literally doing everything uh, for this basketball team tonight. And, you know, when, when you're trying to piece together your first four-game winning streak of the season and the Warriors, they've been playing so much basketball lately uh, – you're on a back-to-back. You flew in late into Cleveland last night. These are the kind of games where your your character gets tested a bit, right? And 
you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, I know you look at the record, and you think, oh, well, they better beat the brakes off this team. Look what they did to the Thunder last night, Ryan. Come on. No, no, no. This is a whole different situation. I mean, you know, with Garland and Sexton, you got some of the OGs, uh, you know, with, with Allen and, and, of course, Kevin Love and, and Matthew Dellavedova. Like, this is a capable Cavs team. And when I say capable, uh, J.B. Bickerstaff has got this team, you know, headed in the right direction. They play defense. And quite frankly, you know, the Warriors gutted this one out. Uh, they were down early, down by as much as 11. Uh, but the Warriors had closed it to within one by the end of the first quarter. And then that group in the second quarter, Juan Toscano-Anderson, of course, leading the way. Shout out to Damian Lee. Damian Lee was terrific tonight as well. Uh, and then Jordan Poole contributing with some of that much-needed bench scoring. And then if we could just give some love for Andrew Wiggins, too. I mean, I've, I've been on this dude showing him love all year, two-way wigs. I mean, tonight, 23 points. He hit five of eight threes nine uh, six rebounds he also had six assists six dimes for Andrew Wiggins that's the second time in five games uh, Andrew Wiggins has had six assists and the way that he comes off those pick and rolls with that second unit he's an ISO guy but he's so quick with his first step and and you know just attacking the bucket he's really quick off the dribble he's a uh, you know obviously a solid playmaker I mean you would expect a guy that was a former number one overall pick uh, to just be a well-rounded basketball player and that's exactly what Andrew Wiggins is and I think he certainly found his home here with the Golden State Warriors uh, he's had for for my money, a terrific season, uh, and, and he's, you know, if, if the Warriors are going to end up doing anything down the stretch here and maybe even making a little noise in the playoffs, Andrew Wiggins is going to be a huge part of that. All right, 888-957-9570 is the number. Uh, it's Ryan Covey. I got you covered here for the next hour doing uh, a little dubs post game, and then I'm going to also take you through the 9 o'clock hour. We'll probably have a little meat on the dub bone left over uh, as we'll get into some post game sound. I got some JTA. I got some Steve Kerr for you. I think Andrew Wiggins hitting the podium as well, so we'll have plenty of sound for you. Uh, we got a, a very special guest here coming up in a few minutes as well. Uh, uh, shout out to my old partner, the butcher boy, Joe Shasky, is going to check in, too. I know he's fired up. Dubs back at 500. Uh, that's been a while coming for this team. And, you know, when you think about how bad it got, I mean, you know, when, when that team rolled in to, uh, to play the Raptors, I almost said into Toronto, but, of course, that was in Florida. But when that team just got boat race the way that they did by the Toronto Raptors. You thought, uh-oh, is, is this kind of the beginning of the end for the Warriors this year? Uh, but they've been able to get their season turned around quick, fast, and in a hurry. And you look up, all of a sudden, Golden State Warriors... 13 and a half games back overall in the standings in the ninth spot. But what matters is they're a half game behind the Memphis Grizzlies. They actually have one more win than the Grizzlies, but they've played three more games. So uh, Grizz have three games in hand. And, and of course, in that respect, they would control their own destiny. But if you're thinking about catching the Memphis Grizzlies, well, what happens with Memphis the next couple of weeks here is going to go a long way. I, I looked at Memphis's schedule today. Listen to this. So, okay, at the Bulls uh, tomorrow night, fair enough. Like, that should be a winnable game for Memphis. Although, you know, the Bulls, uh, you know, since the Vucevic trade, a little up and down. I know Levine's going to miss some time. So, you know, that's a gettable game. But th that's not the, the point of this exercise. After the Chicago game, this is what it stacks up for Memphis. At Milwaukee Saturday, at Denver Monday, at the Clippers Wednesday, you got a back-to-back -back at Portland Friday and Sunday, back to Denver on Monday the 26th, then home to Portland. So you got the Bucks, 
Portland three times, Denver and the Clip Show, uh, two games against Denver in there. So hopefully, you know, if uh, if that stretch is as tough as it looks and the Warriors keep playing the way they're playing right now, uh, they could be in a position to pass the Memphis Grizzlies. And wouldn't that just be something uh, considering where this Warriors team was at just a couple of short weeks ago? All right. 888-957-9570 is the number. Uh, a couple of things I want to ask you tonight. Are are you really starting to believe that something has clicked for this Golden State Warriors team? Uh, did the win tonight uh, maybe a, a affect your viewpoint of this team? And what I mean is they won tonight when they weren't at their best, and that's what good teams do, right? They, they can win ugly, and, and you get different contributions. And I won't even say that this was a, quote, ugly win. I mean, the Warriors shook off a slow start, uh, maybe a little rust early in the game, or, or maybe a little fatigue, if you will, and they were down 11. They had flipped that thing to an 18-point lead into the second quarter, due in large part to the yeoman's work of, of JTA and Damian Lee and Jordan Poole. A uh, shout-out to Kevon Looney, too, by the way. I thought Kevon Looney had a spectacular game tonight. Uh, but, you know, down the stretch, every time Cleveland kept chipping away, they got it as close to his four. I think they might even got as close to his three down the stretch in the fourth quarter but then the Warriors of course had the push back and you know Steph Curry who missed his first eight three-point attempts tonight uh he he finally got it dialed in he hit four of his final five attempts from downtown and uh, en route to his 33 points that of course nine straight games for Steph Curry of 30 or more points and over that span all he's doing is averaging 38 points a game no big deal I mean think about this JD and I were talking about this on the pregame if Steph Curry plays like this down the stretch if he's just you know averaging 36 37 points a game uh for the final 18 here and the warriors mess around and move up to like the seventh spot something like that i think six is probably off the table but you never know uh but if if the warriors you know play let's say their last 18 games you know the warriors mess around and go 14 and four and i'm not predicting that i'm just kind of throwing that out there say they mess around and go like 14 and four down the stretch all of a sudden you look up and the golden state warriors you know finish the season at uh you know eight games over 500 something like that what will that do for Steph Curry's MVP candidacy? I mean, clearly Nikola Jokic is, you know, a highly deserving candidate, as is a guy like Joel Embiid. But that list is shorter and shorter for me of guys that Steph needs to to catapult. And it, honestly, if, if you're not respecting and appreciating Steph's efforts right now, like, you know, outside of the Bay Area, you're just not paying attention. So... Uh, I, I, it's just something for me that I'm just completely marveling at, and I think it's something that all Warriors fans, uh, you know, should, should behold right now and, and appreciate. And yes, Sterling, we can we can figure out the technical stuff during the break. Doing a show right now. Uh, let's uh, let's hear from Juan Toscano Anderson. He was on with the boys on NBC Sports Bay Area. Uh, the Warriors finally getting their first four-game winning streak of the season. Go ahead. Man, it feels good. Uh, we've been trying to do this all season. We still can make a playoff push, and, you know, we're confident that once we get into the playoffs that no teams really want to see us. At least I believe in that. So, you know, I think we're clicking at the right time to go into where it really counts, which is in the playoffs. Obviously, I'm not dismissing, you know, uh, what we have to do during the regular season. Obviously, we have to string together some wins to put ourselves in position to get into the playoffs. But, man, it's been up and down all year long. It's been some highs and some lows, but it feels good to uh, be clicking now. Yeah, and they are clicking. I mean, you know, you know the old adage, better late than never. I mean, I was a, I was a late bloomer in life. Uh, you know, I, I got respect for that. Finding your groove, and it's never about how you start. Nobody remembers that. It's how you finish, right? And this Golden State Warriors team is, uh, is putting together a really nice stretch of basketball. And really, quite frankly, if we can be honest, 
kind of when they were left for dead, right? I mean, you know, like I said, you, you, you back up just a couple of weeks, and, you know, this team has been playing, a, you know, a horrible stretch. They got the they go to Toronto, and they lose 130-77. to 77. Yuck. Uh, and then you go, you got the game in Atlanta that Sunday where they played a little better, but, I mean, still, they, it wasn't good enough to get a win despite getting 37 from Curry that night. You look up, you're four games under 500, 23-27, and, oh, my God, you got the Bucks coming to town, and you're thinking, oh, here we go go uh but the warriors gutted it out found a way to get a win in that basketball game and, and say for the the washington hiccup and we will call it a hiccup at this point now uh the golden state warriors have, have found a way to get things turned around and that was after a stretch where they lost seven of eight games i mean you know you go back to the the memphis game uh that they won shorthanded without steph back on march 19th i mean they were 22 and 20 uh after the atlanta game they were 23 and 27 so certainly their season had fallen on hard times uh but but you give Steve Kerr a ton of credit for keeping these guys in the moment. And obviously the players themselves, Steph Curry leading the way, just deciding, hey, look, I'm just going to take this thing over. I got it. Uh, I'm going to carry us where we need to go. Draymond Green, I think once once Steph kind of started to get in his groove, I think we've seen Draymond Green perk up quite a bit lately as well, right? I mean, Draymond, uh, not his best night tonight, but overall the engagement level has been there. And that's for me, that's all I ever want to see from Draymond Green. Show me the two-way effort on a nightly basis. He's doing that right now. Uh, it's pretty apparent, and, and guys are falling in line. And you can just tell, right? I mean, there's a really good vibe around this basketball team. And just look at tonight, for example. I mean, look, by and large, the bench unit this year maligned, right? I mean, how many postgame shows have J.D. and I done where it's, oh, man, you know, the, the starters did X, Y, and Z, but you got seven points from the bench, and you're thinking, okay, well, this is, look, at, at some point, you're going to need contributions from these guys. I mean, you look around the NBA, sure, it's a star-driven league. I understand that, but the best teams in the NBA they got deep benches, right? They can roll seven, eight, nine quality players out there. Uh, the Warriors, for the majority of this season, not able to do that. But um, Juan Toscano-Anderson, for me, he's a, a really nice fit in this Steve Kerr uh, system because he's really a, you know, a, a positionless type player. I mean, he goes 6'6", six, six, he can guard. Um, you know, wings. He can even man up on bigs. He can even switch out on, on twos. Uh, there's really, you know, no limit to who JTA can guard. And he's just a really high IQ player. The way that, you know, he, he sees the floor. Um, he's always willing to make that extra pass. He's a willing shooter, too. He's a confident shooter. Uh, so, uh, you know, I as far as like depth chart guys, uh, you know, Juan Toscano Anderson for me, he could be my, you know, my 10th or 11th guy in my rotation any day of the week. And I might be underselling him, but you know, he's not, he's not 22. What's JTA 28 years old. Like he's been around the block a little bit. You know, he, he's been around for a hot second, but he's relishing this opportunity. He plays like a guy who nothing is promised to because nothing is. He's on a two way deal. Uh, and, and what he needs to do is show the NBA at large that he belongs at this level and, and can be a contributor on a, on a team and, and guess what every time that Steve Kerr's called on him this year he's done it and you look at the stat line tonight I mean Kerr played him 31 minutes and that's another huge bonus for me in this the fact that he can entrust Juan Toscano Anderson to go out there and play 31 minutes tonight and, and let's face it this is a critical game for the dubs you got a chance to get to 500 for the first time in, in several weeks and you know think about it along these lines 
Cavs, they were game tonight. We saw that. Warriors got off to that sluggish start. They obviously flipped it in the second quarter, outscoring the Cavs by 14 points. They actually were up 18 at one point. Um, the Cavs had a decent closeout to the first half. But, I mean, you know, th that group is what flipped this game. And, you know, guys in the starting lineup, Wiggins, certainly Draymond and Steph, like these guys have done so much to carry this team of late. And just to be able to lean on somebody else, just – Put it on somebody else's shoulder for a night. Uh, I just that's a huge luxury for uh, for Steve Kerr to have. And then we we got to also shout out uh, Damian Lee because Damian Lee's a guy got off to a, you know I thought a really nice start to the season. You know coming off the bench, uh, you know uh, hit a, a really big shot against Chicago that I mean at, at that point really you know saved the start of their season. I mean they were staring 0 and 3 right down the barrel. He hits that shot, all of a sudden you got a chance to get back to sea level with a win in Detroit, and they exactly did that. Uh, but then you know I think in the middle of the season kind of the dog days of the year Damian Lee had slipped up a bit like he, you know, he lost his confidence he had kind of fallen out of the rotation uh and you know this was kind of coincided with a time where Kelly Oubre had started to play better you know you got Kent Bazemore coming in off the bench as one of the first wings in the game uh and and even when Jordan Poole came back from the bubble and all of a sudden you know Damian Lee was a little bit down the pecking order but I'll give him credit man he he stayed ready uh and he certainly got his confidence back and the thing that I love about Damian Lee is his movement off the ball. He's really quick, right? And you saw tonight they had a couple of uh, tic-tac-toe plays with Steph and JTA uh, and Damian Lee. And it's, you know, Damian Lee seeing the play developing, keeping his legs moving, and, and get, you know, presenting himself uh, for a pass, and then obviously being able to finish at the rim. So uh, I, I just – he deserves a ton of credit for that. It's the epitome of – if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. And he's absolutely stayed ready during this time and, and stayed confident, too, by the way. And so I, I think he uh, he really embodied that tonight as well. Uh, a couple of, of things we do got to discuss, and they are of the not-so-happy variety for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, James Wiseman did have his surgery today. Now, the good news is the surgery was successful at the Curlin Job Institute down there in L.A. Uh, to repair his right meniscal tear. They've officially ruled him out for the year. Uh, and what really kind of got me was we don't even get a James Weissman update until September. So that means this isn't the, you know, couple of week variety meniscus tear. And obviously you don't know until you get in there uh, and see just the extent of the damage. I mean, the MRI can show you some things, but, you know, until uh, this is the kind of injury until you actually get in there and, and, and assess the knee and see what you got. Uh, you know, you really don't have an indicator of, of what kind of timetable you're looking at as far as a recovery. Well, if they're not even going to give us an update until September, I mean, off top, that means no summer league for Wiseman, no offseason program. So it's, it's going to be tough because we know there's already a ton of pressure on this kid being a number two overall pick, and there's a ton of pressure uh, on this franchise for him to be a, a major contributor. I mean, he's, he's second pick in the draft. Like, you just you, you can't afford to miss on these guys. So, uh, you know, here's hoping, first of all, that he recovers from the surgery well and that he has no setbacks as far as his body just healing from the procedure. Um, but then, of course, you know, once once he gets back and, and can get, uh, you know, back on a floor and, and start rehabilitating, uh, you just hope that uh, that he can be ready to go for next year. As a matter of fact, let's uh, let, let's queue up. We got Steve Kerr at the podium, and uh, while, uh, while we're talking about James Wiseman, um, here's, uh, here's Steve Kerr. He just spoke to the media about Wiseman and the surgery today. And, and for me, kind of disappointing news that we're not even going to get an update until September. I mean, think about it. We're in the middle of April right now, May, June, July, August, September. That's five months from now. So I guess four and a half if we're talking September 1. Uh, so here's, uh, here's Coach Kerr on Wiseman's surgery. 
Well, obviously, uh, very disappointed that, you know, it wasn't the more uh, simple repair that, you know, would have kept him out a month or so. So this is a, re a really tough blow for James. And I talked to him today and he's in good spirits. You know, he's always got a, a bright and sunny approach and attitude, but it's a tough blow to lose the last month of the season and then uh, the summer as well. And, you know, so we're going to do everything we can to, to help him in his rehab. And good thing is he's got, uh, you know, it was a, a very positive repair. The surgeon felt great about it. Our training staff feels great about it. And long-term, we think he's going to be fine. But it's uh, obviously a tough, tough blow for James. Yeah, and Steve Kerr speaking very candidly there. I mean, the hope was it would be of the shorter-term variety. Alas, that's not the case. I mean, but when you watch that replay, and obviously they showed it on the uh, television broadcast again a few times tonight, and when you watch that, I, I feel like the Warriors dodged a bullet. It sucks that he's going to be out this long, but how many how many times do we see guys tweak their knee like that when you just – your body momentum, he thinks he's going in for a dunk, and you just get stopped stone cold, and you're just – you don't really have time to – prepare your body to land like that and it's just such an awkward scene right i mean just watching that replay back you know and, and when it happened in real time i thought oh that's not good and then you know he hops up and i'm like oh maybe maybe they did avoid something catastrophic here and then you know when he limps away and then we get the news of course it's a different story but um you know just trying to stay as positive as possible around it that did look like it could have been a lot more severe i.e like jamal murray going down at the chase center the other night so but either way um you know, prayers up for Jamal Murray, of course, and then obviously for James Wiseman. And just you hope that he can be ready to not just play, but be a major contributor for the Warriors next season. Problem is, you know, it, the, the pressure is going to be on this franchise, but I just hope that they can deflect some of that attention off of Wiseman early in the year. And, and let's be real for a second. I mean, Clay Thompson's coming back next year. It's going to be shout out to Tupac in 96. It's going to be all eyes on Clay, man. Like when he comes back next year, what does he look like? What kinds of condition, you know, what's his conditioning look like? He already told us a couple of weeks ago, you know, to look for him to be running off 40 screens and, you know, hunting every shot out there under the sun. Like it's going to be a process for him as well. So uh, I think, you know, I think we should all maybe buckle up for the idea that the Warriors might not get off to the best start next season, but it will really be about them you know, getting everybody up to, to total game speed and, and really, you know, ready for that second half push. But again, that's a long way out. And right now, tonight, the Golden State Warriors have won four in a row. They're back to 500, and they've got, you know, a, a big-time opportunity in front of a national audience against Boston on Saturday to get over 500 and continue to move up the ranks in the Western Conference. Uh, let, let's hear from Steve Kerr on James Wiseman's rookie season. Obviously, it had its ups and downs. Um, thankfully, at least the last couple of games before this injury, James Wiseman had been playing some of his best basketball in, in some time. So it's not like it was, oh, my God, he was trending in a horrible direction, and then the season ended. At least the last uh, thing that we saw from James Wiseman, the last couple of games, our last impression was a guy that actually looked like he was figuring some things out. doesn't make the injury any easier to, to pallet, but, of course, it's, it's better than the alternative. Uh, here's Kerr on, uh, on Big Jim's rookie season. Well, you know, obviously this has been a, a very tough season for everybody in terms of, you know, not having summer league and in James's case, you know, training camp and there's been the, the COVID protocol. So every team has, has kind of gone through, you know, similar trials and tribulations. So within that context, you know, James, I think had a really productive uh, rookie season, you know, for a guy who never played in college to come out and, and show the promise that he did. I think he's got a, a great future, but it's clear that he's very raw. 
And that's that's obvious. And and how could he not be given his inexperience? So it's great that he you know, got all this experience. It would have been better, obviously, if he could have gotten more and then a summer and all that. But he's got to play the hand that's dealt him. And he's been a just a, a really rock solid student and patient. And uh, he's really had to deal with a lot, an awful lot for this first year. And he's handled it well. All right, 888-957-9570. You got any thoughts on the Warriors' uh, victory tonight, their first four-game winning streak of the season? This is the place to do it. How you grading out James Wiseman's rookie season, by the way, from the 925? What's with celebrating two out of three teams making the playoffs? It's like a participation trophy. Look, man, that was the rules, okay? It was the Board of Governors unanimously approved it. Uh, I, I think the idea of a playing tournament's a lot of fun. There's a sense of urgency. It's do or die, win or go home, you know, in that, in that uh, you know, 10, 11, or 9-10 matchup, and then obviously the team that loses the uh, the 7-8 matchup, they got a little action in that second game. What's the like about that? I don't think anybody's looking at these teams as you know, somebody that's going to win the NBA title. It's like wild card weekend in the NFL. I mean, it, usually the teams playing in wild card weekend aren't going to be playing in February. Doesn't mean we don't like it. Uh, so, I, and, and, and I, I don't really understand why any Warriors fan would have really any issue with where this basketball team is at right now, considering uh, five straight finals and then all the injuries. And yeah, I just, I just don't have time for the negativity. Uh, I'm in a great mood tonight. Let's go to Eric and Milbray real quick before we hit the break. Go ahead, Eric. Hey, what's up, bro? Chilling, bro. Loving, uh, loving, uh, taking care of the bottom feeders like they should. Uh, got got uh, quite questy there for a minute, but the Warriors do what they do. Beat up on a bad team. We we uh, pretty much projected they would win these first two games. Now we're going to see where the Warriors are at. You got the Celtics team who been struggling all season, but it looks like they finally got their act together. So that's going to be a tough game. But I think that's the game that's going to win. And obviously, Philly's the best team in the East right now. That's going to be a load. And then Washington, who is not very good, but uh, they beat the they beat the Warriors and they're actually playing somewhat decent ball. So this is going to be quite a uh, stringent amount of games for the Warriors. Here, but I think they can win. But as far as tonight goes. Curry's doing what he does. Uh, Toscano Anderson earning himself some more playing time. I like that. Poole getting off Wiggins. So he's taking care. You can't take too much from beating up on a bad team like Cleveland is. You know, they're pretty much playing for a lottery pick at this point. So Warriors doing what they do. That's what they need to do. And uh, just keep at it. Uh, it's getting tight here, man. This, this, this final spot for this playing spot in that eighth seed is going to get close. So Warriors just got to keep at it right now. Four-game four winning streak for the first time all season. Uh, just keep it going. Thanks for the time, bro. All right, good stuff, Eric. Yeah, and and I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, Boston, who, by the way, uh, beat the Dubs at the Chase Center earlier this year, 111-107. It's a tight game, but I think, you know, obviously, you know, Boston earned that victory. It was it was close, and the Warriors had their chances. Uh, but Boston, you know, they lost to, uh, to the Mavericks back on March 31st, and they actually dipped two games under 500, and their season was, you know, really slipping away. Well, they've won six out of seven since. They've won four in a row. Um, you know the one game they did lose, they they lost to the Sixers, uh, but they've been they've been putting it together of late, and and they're obviously playing uh, they're playing the Lakers tonight. So um, down in L.A., uh, I haven't checked that score lately, but right now it's uh, oh the game uh, yeah I, I don't have it in front of me, but regardless uh, they are playing down in L.A. against the Lakers tonight, and uh, yeah it's actually Boston's winning big It's 61-48. So um, Boston if they can hold on there they will have won uh, what that would that be seven of eight games. So um, this will be a, a big test for the 
the Golden State Warriors. And, and I love that idea. I mean, you know, you, you build up to this, right? And, you know, can the Warriors maintain this small ball lineup? Uh, you know, can they keep getting bench contributions? At, at what point will it catch up to you not having any bigs? And honestly, I mean, Kevon Looney, look, the last couple of nights, Kevon Looney's been terrific. Played a career-high 31 minutes a couple of games ago. I thought tonight, between his rebounding, his screen setting, even hit a couple of shots. I thought Kevon Looney was terrific in the game tonight. So uh, it's going to be an all-hands-on-deck kind of a situation. And, you know, the Warriors, first four-game winning streak of the year. And you do have the Sixers lurking after Boston. Uh, and then, of course, you know, your rematch against the Wizards on the back end of this trip. If somehow, some way, the Warriors could win two out of three uh, remaining games on this trip and, and come home a game over 500 to play the Nuggets next Friday night, I mean, that would just be a big old house full of hands, uh, a handful of house money. But regardless, just worry about the Celtics and go out there and, and give it your best shot. And, uh, you know, Steph had a t- kind of a tough night shooting the rock by his standards, so I think uh, Steph will be bouncing back uh, in Boston on Saturday night. All right, we'll step aside, 888-957-9570. I'm going to try and track down the Butcher Boy, too, see how Butch is feeling. Well, you know, I want to know how uh, Warriors fans are feeling as well. we got 90 minutes left, uh, so if you want to jump in the conversation. Hey, Nuck, Daddy's doing a radio show. Uh, we'll be right back. Coming up, 95.7 The Game. Ryan Covey here going on solo tonight on The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Curry now as Delvadova flop takes an open three and hits that and with those back-to-back -back threes Curry now has hit triples in 110 consecutive games the longest active streak in the association wow. now back to Warriors wrap-up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95-7 the game JD out uh, tonight. He's been on uh, on daytime duty all week long, so it's just your boy here. Uh, Steph Curry, your boy. He had missed his first eight threes of the game, but that was actually a pretty important stretch of the game there at the end of the third uh, as the Cavs, they were game in that third quarter coming out of the break. It wasn't like the OKC game last night where the Warriors just pulverized them. Uh, Cleveland actually made some really nice halftime adjustments, and, and they were in Steph's grill all night, but he hit a pair of threes, and the Warriors had, had pushed that lead up to nine. He had one rim out, too, uh, which would have been his third in a row right there near the end of the quarter. But uh, the Warriors pushed it to 89-79 after three quarters. And when you looked up after that quarter, the Cavs had only gained a point on the Warriors in a quarter that really felt like the Warriors just had to slug it out. And then, of course, Steph hit a couple of uh, dagger threes in the fourth. Wiggins a couple of threes down the stretch. And the Warriors put this bad boy on ice. Speaking of bad boys, remember how we used to do it around here on the late night? little butcher shop action? Well, you know, every now and again. Man, we got we to gotta bring in my boy who's doing big boy stuff now, morning roasting it, doing morning drive. But he's going to roll in and show some love to his people. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the butcher boy, Joe Shasky. Butch, what up, baby? Reunited, and it feels so good. Oh, I'm going to get misty eyed. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Way too much of a struggle against the Cleveland Cavs team where I can name about four players. Come on, like, look, they, look, the Warriors, they got in there about 1.30 in the morning. They've been playing a ton of hoop lately. You, Butch, you always knew this was going to be a struggle tonight. And, and, look, it never really felt to me like this game was going to slip away. Like, I got a little concerned Agreed. early, right, because the Cavs get out to an 11-point lead. But I'm like, look, at some point this small ball style that the Warriors are going to play and the Cavs aren't going to be able to hang with them in transition and they'll get rolling. I mean, the Warriors just weren't hitting their threes. And when you're not hitting your threes and you're playing small ball, well, that's what it's going to look like. You're, you're going to find yourself in a deficit but I figured at some point they would assert themselves uh and, and Cleveland would probably shoot themselves out of the game which they did and, and it got a little tight in the fourth quarter but yeah which I never felt like they were going to lose this game and bottom line first four game winning streak of the season you knew it was never going to be easy come on no no not, not at all and, and Steph was ice cold from three-point land but I just love the way he's playing the last two three weeks and I, I find it interesting you know no one wants to see the young man James Wiseman go down. We're all devastated. We'll get to that in a second. But just the way that they have to play basketball right now, if you're just saying from within the fabric of this year and not thinking about the future, this is probably the best way to win for right now with the space that's created with no Oubre on the floor who's kind of a ball stopper. He doesn't pass the rock. He doesn't have that corner three, at least the way Baysmore does. Having Bays and having the young man Looney out there, it actually probably helps them in terms of getting the fluidity of the pace that they're looking for to acquiesce to Steph's, you know, highlights of his of his strengths. And so I like what I'm seeing. I'm telling you, I know Kobe this sounds crazy. If these guys can get into the play on game and they can win that playing game, 
You don't like them against the Utah Jazz? Because I do. <laughs> I don't know about to win the series, but they ain't getting swept. I know that. Like, there's no chance. And, and I think the Warriors could make that series a lot tougher, a la, you know, kind of what the Clippers did to the Dubs a few years ago, uh, you know, in the Warriors' uh-huh. final trip to the finals. Just, uh, you know, a gutty-type effort. But but we got a long way to go to, to get to there. Uh, as far as they're playing right now, though, I mean, I, you know, I agree. The small ball lineup, you know, with Draymond at the five, it forces Draymond to be engaged, uh, you know, because he's guarding against typically guys that are bigger than him. And so he's just – he has to bring his lunch pail. Otherwise, he's going to get worn out. And I actually think – let me see what you think of this, Butch. I feel like even though it might be to the Warriors' disadvantage having Draymond defending bigs, that is offset heavily in the Warriors' favor having bigs trying to defend Draymond in the Warriors' offensive end, right? I think that's more of an advantage for the Warriors offensively than it is a disadvantage for them defensively with Draymond at the five. That's a really good way of looking at it. I hadn't really thought of it that way. I actually really like that. I might, I might steal and repackage that in the morning and maybe <laughs> Just, or maybe not cite that as <laughs> your material. But I may, I, I, like may or, I may or may not give attribution. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, you know what's funny? It's like, Draymond, yeah, if you score 10 points or more, it, it, it doesn't seem like a lot, but the whole floor opens up for you. How many times? He did it early in this game. Wide open layup. And he's trying to kick it to the short corner. It's right. like, dog, take the layup. Yeah. And if he scores 12 points, the other passing lanes that he's looking to get into always open up like it's the Red Sea, Covey. I, I, the guy, I just want him to take the wide-open bunnies and the elbow jumpers and the wide-open threes when they present themselves. No one's saying, you know, chuck it 20 times a game. Just take the wide-open shots that have been created because of the space and the way people are playing off you. And I agree with you. When he has those bigs on him and he gets the ball, especially after that high double team to Steph Curry, he can go downhill on a big player. And then it's either I'm going to the rim and finishing or I can kick it out to someone else. Draymond has played as well as Steph has played. Draymond has played his best two weeks of basketball as well, and I feel like that's the underrated part of right now their little run. Yeah, I I would say a little – like Steph's playing like on Jupiter right now. I mean, there's just no way around it. Draymond's been a little more hit or miss, but certainly this has been a a really good stretch for him. I want to talk about Andrew Wiggins. You talk about guys going downhill, and and Andrew Wiggins, I mean, he's just so quick off the dribble. He's got a really nice first step. It's a little deceptive too, but he can go around – most wing defenders with relative ease. Like in an ISO situation, Andrew Wiggins is getting his. And, I mean, six dimes tonight, I think he's become a more willing passer in this offense. I I shudder to think where this team would be without Andrew Wiggins. And he's just so quiet the way he goes about his business. I know coming in there were so many red flags. This guy, oh, will he play defense? Does he care about winning? Like, to me, Andrew Wiggins, like he's low-key one of the most – like outside of Steph and I guess Draymond, like Wiggins is is on that short list for me of guys that – are just massively important. I think he's playing terrific ball lately. He's super reliable on a team that doesn't have a lot of reliable guys. Like, you don't know what you're going to get with the Kent Bazemore experience from one possession to the next. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. literally have no idea if he's going to, like, draw blood on a foul because he hacks someone with a double <laughs> felony or if he's actually going to, like, knock down that teardrop from the corner. 
Wiggins has been so reliable. It's not just the, the, the defense every single night. The three-point shooting. I didn't know he could stroke the three like this. And, yeah. and clearly he's starting to add that layer of, let me take my guy off the dribble and create for someone else. I don't think that's a strong point for him. The only area that I got to say, it just is maddening with him, because I think he's been really good this year, actually. I really do. I think in totality he's been really good. It's the free throw shooting. Yeah. Can you be such a good jump shooter? It's such a lousy free throw shooter. It just it defies logic, and I, I, it's got to be something else. So I'm just happy for the guy going up against his old team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, that, you know, people don't talk about that enough. He played summer league, doesn't play a regular season game with them, and he's shipped out. That's got to be demoralizing for a number one overall pick. I think he's been really good with the Warriors this year. No, I agree, and you know it's funny. They were talking about that on the broadcast a bit, and yeah, you know, you, it is kind of easy to forget. But you know, the uh, the Cavs also were able to bring in a pretty important free agent that summer that actually played small forward. So um, if ever like there was a situation where a team would take a guy and actually not like do the draft night trade, like take him with the intent on keeping him a number one overall pick, but then trading him before he ever plays a regular season game. That was an unprecedented sequence of events. But, you know, when when LeBron James is involved, I mean, really, all, all bets are off, man. Uh, let's talk a little bit about – I, I do want to get into Wiseman, Butch, but let, let's talk about JTA's game a bit tonight. You know, for me, this guy, you know, obviously the, the Bay stuff, being from 95th in the town, like it's just – it's storybook stuff. Uh, he's on a two-way. He just – he always stays ready. Uh, the thing I love about his game and, and his body type, he's like the perfect cog for the Steve Kerr offensive machine, right? I mean, 6'6", six, six, so he's really versatile. He can guard a bunch of different positions. He's, he's a capable three-point shooter. He certainly, you know, it doesn't hesitate to put those shots up. I just – I like his defensive game. He's got a high basketball IQ. I don't know. I, you know, he might not be a uh, you know a, a big time rotational piece on a team with championship aspirations, but he could be a depth guy on my team any day. So it's funny that you bring him up. I, I actually really like him, especially with this team, especially on a Steph Curry team, because he does a lot of little things. He moves without the ball, plays great defense. He's sneaky, athletic, and he's extremely tough. And I think that we we underrate toughness in the NBA. I, they, yeah, you're right. You can't have enough tough guys. I call him a 2021 version of Matt Barnes. Remember Matt Barnes on the We Believe team? He could do a little bit of everything. (laughs) He hits just enough threes to make you honest. And then you come out, he drives by a yams on you. He's kind of getting under people's skin. A better rebounder than you give credit for. And actually, a good and willing cutter and passer. I love JTA. Now, can you play a 40-minute game? No, no one's saying that. As your eighth or ninth guy... I think you could do a lot worse than JTA. JTA has been so good, and my problem with the whole season is because they have no money. they got to kind of finagle how many games he plays because he's a two-way player. It's just I wish he would have been able to help them more this year, but because they can only play him so much, it feels like there's about four or five games that could have gone in either direction that he didn't even play in, and I would have just loved to see him play in those games because they might be over 500 right now. No, that's a great point, and you know, I, I I love JTA. That's like me at ninety five seven. You know, they say, man, is your like eight or ninth guy? You could do worse. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of what we're going for around here, Butch. So, uh, no, I, I love I love his attitude though, right? And, and look, we saw that the other night uh, in the Denver game. You know, you, you got the hard foul on on Damian Lee. You know, he gets chucked and um, you know gets spun out like that. You know, the flagrant's called, and, and JTA just brings him in real quick, and it's like, no, nah, no, nah, we got this. Let's let's go. You know. Let, 
let's not get into some, you know, silly shoving match. Like, let's just take this game over. And they did that against Denver the other night. So he's got that low-key leadership, too. And you can tell that the uh, that the guys really like him. You know, Damian Lee, too. I mean, he's dunk tonight. Oh, I know, right? dunk tonight? What do and he gives you those dunks where he hangs on the rim, and you're like, oh, get it. Yeah, get, get some. I, oh. I, just, I feed off of him. Yeah, a couple things in life, probably, you know, only few things could match it. I, I would think, like, scoring a goal in overtime in the NHL, you know, tossing a dime as a, as a quarterback in, in the NFL, right? You know, in like, you know, hitting somebody in stride and then just yamming on somebody like that, right? Just, oh, hang on to that for me, big boy. Uh, so, yeah. No hit. doubt about it. And that, that, that near fight the other night with him and uh, Monte Morris, like, Monte Morris, do you have any idea who you're trying to check? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, know your role and shut your mouth. Yeah, you'll get touched up real quick, young fella. Uh, but Damian Lee, you know, he, he got off to a really nice start to the year. And, again, like, you know, Damian Lee, like, is, is he going to be on this team next year? Uh, probably not. I mean, I think they need to overhaul this bench in a pretty meaningful way if they want to, you know, be a Agreed. factor in the West next year. But this is a guy, a couple of really nice moments this year, and then, you know, fell on some hard times. I mean, let's face it. Like, you know, Kent Bazemore's three-point shooting and, and, you know, mixed with Damian Lee kind of falling off a bit. Kelly Oubre had started to play better. So, you know, every time you look up, Damian Lee moving a little further down the pecking order. Then Jordan Poole comes back from the bubble. He's playing well. Damian Lee's damn near out of the rotation at that point then all of a sudden you look up it's like oh wait we're gonna need you again man and that's what i i love guys like that butch that are you know in a, in a sense i'm gonna say left for dead but kind of forgotten about and passed over and then it's like yeah, oh no yeah, no no doubt i got you know, this one of the things that well first off he has hacked about seven or eight guys this year where i'm like wow that's a flagrant too and, and he's gotten away with a <laughs> he's boy when he fouls you he earns it i mean yeah. he gets every single ounce out i like that but offensively, Covey, he moves without the ball so well. I think that's one area that we underrate in terms of playing with Steph Curry. Can you also relocate? Can you also understand what's a good shot and what's a bad shot? Where to locate on the court so you're not occupying the same space as where Steph Curry wants to go? Hey, we're not hitting from the three-point land. Let me take two or three hard dribbles and attack the rim. His shot selection, especially in the half court, he's one of the few good decision makers that you have. He's not a creator for others. But I like that he understands, hey, we need to attack the cup here, or I need to relocate and bomb a three. Like, he has been a, a honestly, a big-time contributor for this team. You can't play him 35 minutes. No. But on 20, 25 minutes on certain nights and against certain matchups, oh, yeah, the kid can play. I, I, I undersold him. I, I probably wasn't as high as I should have been on Damian Lee. And, again, he's not a deal-breaker one way or the other. But I think he's an NBA player, and, and he's really improved this year. Yeah, reunited with the Butcher Boy, Ryan Covey here with you. Little Dubs postgame solo on 95.7 The Game. All right, let's 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 talk about J-Dub. Let's talk about Big Jim. Oh. I know. And, and look, as far as it applies to the Warriors the rest of this season, at least now we're not going to be getting pulled in two directions. You can just now focus. And, and look, that's just a – it's literally a byproduct of this whole situation way far down the list. I'm not looking at that as any kind of a, you know, a silver lining. I mean, that's all it could ever be construed as. But the reality is James Weissman – already is playing under the microscope a ton of pressure we found out today it's not the four to six week variety it's like the four to six month variety they're not even gonna give us an update on him 
until September, Butch. That's four and a half months from now. And look, here, here's the thing. The, the last 20 games of this year, say what you want about the desire to make the playoffs. That's fine and dandy. But the reality is James Weissman could add this opportunity to develop without a ton of pressure. Like, the, you know, the, the requisite amount of pressure he's been under all year. But just think about the missed opportunity now because he's going to be back in the lineup next year when Clay's back and, and this team, you know, maybe you got Minnesota's protected pick. Like, next year the pressure's really going to be on. And now he's going to be coming off of an injury. He only played a handful of games this year, only three college games. Like, it just sucks for James Wiseman that this is happening the way it is. There's no doubt. I'm, for someone that I actually think has a lot of promise, I can't think of a more disastrous season. Like, it's one thing to be just a bust. Like, a straight-up bust, can't play. Anthony Bennett comes to mind, the guy for Cleveland. Like, sure. just could not play in the NBA. Okay, he's a bust, throw him to the side. I know about someone who I actually think is good. Let me think of the ups and downs. COVID to start the year. He's out of the lineup, in the lineup. He hurts his wrist. He's out there. COVID again, or, or at least contact tracing. And then to hurt his knee. And this, like, the severity of it. I, I was praying, please, be four to six weeks. And, you know, he takes some time off and, and gets himself going. And it's this injury. And I thought it was worse when he initially fell. I'm thinking, yeah, oh, me too. God. I thought it was an ACL. ligaments. Like, it was an awkward land. Like, it, yeah. it did not look good. And I just feel bad for him. I don't really know if Summer League matters. Like, I've heard some people say it does. I think it does. It doesn't. Well, let me, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I think it does for him because he's going to be out okay. there. And, and if he's healthy, if he had the opportunity to go out there and dominate guys his age at, at his level in the NBA, and, and for a guy that, you know, we can tell it rides that confidence wave, I think that would have been a huge boost because I think he would dominate guys of his age and experience level. That's why I think it's a loss. So that's interesting that you said that because I was going to say, like, in the micro of this year, right, I wanted him to get these games against Cleveland, uh, against the Oklahoma City. Like, yeah. Those, to me, were equivalent to the summer league games, right? That's why I wanted to see him play down the stretch. I mean, we all wanted that. But, but there was a lot of, like, I call it feast games, where he could actually eat the whole plate of prime rib in front of him, you know? He's not going up against Jokic every single night or Giannis or whoever the heck it was. So uh, it, it just stinks. I feel bad for him. And then, like, I'm already here. Is he injury prone? I mean, really? Come on. Really? Come on. Really? Like, again, the LaMelo thing was hovering over everything. The championship window. This guy's supposed to be the crowbar to keep that window open. <laughs> I legitimately want to see this guy kick some you-know-what next year and just shut everyone up. I'm so rooting for this kid, and I still think that there's a player in there. It's just there was just so much going on. It was like Bambi trying to run out the gates. I just... I don't even know what to say for this kid. My heart goes out to him. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and hopefully he can just be ready to go for next year. The good news is he's got a ton of talent to fall back on, Butch, and he did get some, some meaningful NBA experience this year. And, you know, Clay's going to be the guy that everybody's going to be hyper-focused on early next year for obvious reasons and getting him ramped up. And I think the Warriors will just need to kind of hold the line for the first, you know, 25 games of the year next year, just get everybody back woven into the fabric, get everybody up to speed, and just be, you know, just be, be 12 and 13 after 25 games and have everybody healthy. I mean, seriously, like, to me, Kobe, Kobe. that's more important. Kobe, in, 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 our, in, our, in our life as sports fans, okay, I can think of five, at least 
let's say since like 94, 95, right? Since the, the Niners won the Super Bowl. Sure. I can think of about five major injuries that were like, oh my God, make or break. We have to see every second of the first couple of games. We are going to, we're all Twitter and television doctors. The Barry Bonds knee in 2004, the Monte Ellis moped gate when he fractured the ankle, the, the Bum Garner falling off the, off the dirt bike, all right? The Bowman recovering from that particular injury, and I would throw Clay and Wiseman. Think of the scrutiny of all those guys I referenced. You don't think these two are going to be scrutinized to an even higher degree than all those guys I mentioned? Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, and, and look, at least Clay, Clay's got a ton of, of equity, right? I mean, come on. Like, the dude's headed totally. to the Hall of Fame. Totally. So, so and, and everybody just, be like, your heart breaks for him. Unfortunately for Wiseman, and really through no fault of his own, he just, he hasn't had the opportunity to prove anything. And that's, see, that's why when everybody's losing their mind about his development, you look at the numbers, like, 19 years old, I know he just turned 20 a couple weeks ago. He was having a fine year. Of course, a rookie, under the circumstances that he came into the league, only playing three college games. No summer league, no training camp. Of course there's going to be some ups and downs. And guess what? They're not plugging him in to the freaking Bucks or the Clippers. Like, it's for a Warriors team that's eh. It's eh. So I, I, don't, I don't understand what people were expecting. What was he? He's going to be a finished product at 20 years old? How many guys come into the league at that age in ball? Like LeBron? You know, even Kobe was, you know, not great his first couple years. And I'm not even saying he's going to be that, but, like, perspective, people. Uh, it, no, I, I totally agree with you. Look, David Robinson went to the Naval Academy and showed up in the NBA with a 23-and-a-half-year-old body, chiseled out of granite like he was an Olympian from the Greek days. Yeah, I mean, like mine. I, yeah, I got you. I mean, yeah, we have very – me and me and the Admiral, very similar body types. Four-year starter, body chiseled out of granite, older, mature. This kid is like Bambi. And, and the thing is, you could see the potential. He's got the spin move. He's got good touch. He's obviously got the length and the athleticism. You can see that. He's got the little baby stroke from the outside. I think he's a good, willing passer out of the post. Yeah. You can see the flashes. This guy's not Patrick O'Brien. All right? He's not Todd Fuller. Everyone needs to pump the brakes. The problem is, is, like you said, the NBA takes time. Joel Embiid took time. Jokic took time. Look at the two guys, Miles Turner and, and Zabonis in, in, for the, the Pacers. Five years it took for these guys to develop. This guy has more talent than all of those guys. It's just taking time. But when you're standing next to Steph Curry, everybody thinks that you should be Kevin Durant overnight for some reason. Yeah, and it just it doesn't work that way. Hey, Butch, man, appreciate the time. So great to catch up with you, brother. You'll be back on, what, 6 a.m. tomorrow, 6 to 10. Hey, before I let you go, though, and I know we'll be, we'll be chatting about this on the side, but who are the Niners taking with three, dog? <laughs> Honestly, the job is not to take the guy who's just better than Jimmy Garoppolo. The job is to get the best person who you think is going to be the highest ceiling player in year 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. And that to me is Trey Lance. Watch this guy throw a football. I mean, Kobe, you know I love the baseball players, right? And I love yeah. Justin Fields. I think he's going to be a very talented, great player. I don't like how he throws the ball with the body. He steps into it way too much. you got to be able to make them side-footed, shortstop-style throws in the hole. you got to be able to torque the body, contort. I'm telling you, the way the ball comes off Trey Lance's hands, you just need to develop the kid. This is why I'm paying Shanahan $11 million. Yeah. Coach the kid up, for Christ's sake. <laughs>
Well, if nothing else, they better just not take Mac Jones with the third pick. Even if you love Mac Jones, you better not have traded up to three to get Mac Jones. I'm going to lose my mind, but I think that's a smokescreen anyway. I'm leaning fields right now, but if, if hey, bottom line, if Shani's in love with Lance and, and he thinks that he can do with them, you know, it, along the lines of what you're saying, by all means, I, I just I want to see what it looks like with Shanahan with his guy. Period. Like that's what I want to see, so we don't have any more excuses. I'm I'm totally with you, and I don't know how we worked so long together, and we didn't come to this ourselves. My cousin calls me the other day, and he goes, "Hey, Kyle Shanahan, doesn't he look like the fourth Beastie Boy?" I go, "Oh my <laughs> God, how did I not think of this before?" Dude, he's rhyming and stealing, man. No doubt. Oh. Oh, that's I mean, a great call. What you, what you, what you want? What you, uh, I want me some Justin Fields and some Trey Lance for crying out loud. If you get me the statue that is Mac Jones, just pack your bags now. Oh, I love you, Butch. All right, brother. We'll talk to you, man. I know you'll be up bright and early tomorrow. 6 to 10, Bonte, Butch, and Kate, morning roast style. They're crushing it. You know what it is. But this will always be your home, Butch. I love you, buddy, and I hope you and your family are doing well. I can't wait to go to a game with you soon, bro. Yeah, it'll happen, baby. All right, let's go, let's go tee it up soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the butcher boy, Joe Shasky, by the way, before uh, we hit the break, it is time for Who's Hot, Who's Not, brought to you by Exergen, because accuracy matters. You know what? Tonight, we're going to show some love. You might think that I'm going JTA with the career high. Nah, 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 fam. You might think I'm going Steph, right? Another game of 30-plus. Nah, nah, nah. I'm going two-way wigs tonight. 34 minutes for Andrew Wiggins, 9 of 16 from the floor, 5 of 8 from downtown, 6 boards, tied a season high with six dimes, just one turnover, 23 points, a couple of three-point daggers down the stretch. Andrew Wiggins playing some terrific basketball. In the month of April, he's 47% from the floor right now. Andrew Wiggins having a really nice year. Uh, he's been th- shooting the three ball pretty well. He had a couple of tough games in there, but back on track tonight, five of eight, knocking down that corner three, and just being that defensive stopper as well. So shout out to Andrew Wiggins. That's our who's hot. As far as who's not, I mean, the Warriors have won four in a row. We're not going to hate on anybody tonight. I mean, I guess Nico Mannion was my guy last night. You know what? I'll go Michael Mulder. He was 0 for 2 tonight in a minus 9. What are you doing, Moldy? All right, coming up on the other side, we'll hear a little bit more post-game sound. Plus, I want to uh, get into some 49ers talk in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, Brian Peacock's going to join me at about 9.30, talk a little NFL. But more of your phone calls coming up at 888-957-9570. We'll hear from Steph. We'll hear some Kerr. Uh, we got a lot to get to, so buckle up. Big hour coming up on 95.7 The Game.